Welcome to the very first episode of the Wild Fruits Podcast. My name is Dr. Grizzly, and I'll be the host of the Wild Fruits Podcast as we go into our very first episode today, the pilot, if you will, where I'm going to talk a little bit about what I envision for this podcast and why I think you should listen to it. Now, before we get started, I just want to mention that, you know, because this episode is the pilot, this show will likely evolve to some degree over time. Obviously, the overarching kind of theme of it being an advice kind of column podcast sort of thing that's more has more of a queer bend or, you know, more of a bend towards gay relationships. Obviously, that will always be the overarching theme, but I would like to explore with some different kind of segments and things like that. And so your feedback is, of course, much appreciated. Just please be kind. This is my first time doing anything like a podcast or anything like that. So I'm kind of learning as I go. So I hope you'll bear with me. So the Wild Fruits podcast, essentially what I envision it to be anyway, is an advice podcast. So you may be familiar with a lady by the name of Dear Abby, which was her pen name. She actually, her real name is Pauline Phillips. And Dear Abby is an advice column in a newspaper, I believe. I think it was across multiple newspapers. And people from all over the country would write in and and Abby would respond to them. I think currently her daughter now uh, actually goes under the same pen name, which is pretty cool. But anyway... Basically, I want to be the gay Dear Abby, right? I want to be Dear Abby, but if she was a 30-something gay psychologist, right? I think that would be really cool, and I'm really really excited about doing this. I actually used to do a series uh, sort of just like this on my Twitch channel, which you can follow me there if you would like to. It's twitch.tv slash grizzly, spelled just G-R-Z-L-Y. Anyway, on that Twitch channel, I used to do a little Q&A show called uh, In Session with Dr. Grizzly. And there I primarily answered like psychology, kind of mental health related questions. But I also responded to to letters kind of similar to what I want to do here. The only issue with it was this was in front of an audience. So there was a chat room and I had to respond to, you know, comments and people sort of pitching in or, or putting forth their own ideas. And I often had to respond to things sort of just right off the top of my head, which can be really difficult when you're talking about a person who's written in, you know, kind of a long and complicated sort of situation. So I thought this medium would be a much better place to kind of have some of these discussions and and hopefully make them kind of fun. And, you know, maybe even have follow ups from week to week, depending on, uh, you know, if listeners you know would like to do that. The main point of this first episode, in addition to just telling you a little bit about what I want this podcast to be is that I need people to write in store. I need people to ask for advice, essentially. So if you would like to, if you would like to submit your own question or your own situation that you're seeking uh, some advice on, you can actually just send, send me an email at wildfruitspodcast at gmail.com. And again, that's wildfruitspodcast at gmail.com. And I won't use you know your real name and of course won't reveal your email address or anything like that. I'll probably give you a fake name unless you uh, decide on a fake name you would like for me to use. Essentially, each week, I would like to you know, choose a few letters, ones that I think that are, are interesting or that maybe a lot of people can relate to or you know, people might have some thoughts about and respond to them you know, here on the show. So just to tell you a little bit about myself, in case you're not familiar with me, my podcast just kind of came across your Spotify list or something like that. My name is Dr. Grizzly, and I'm a licensed psychologist in real life, also gay. 
And I've worked in a, in a variety of settings. So I've worked in a university with college students, mostly with the LGBTQ um, students at the University of Mississippi, which you can imagine what that was like being a, the only kind of gay staff member in a deep, deeply Southern conservative state. Plenty of stories from there. I've also worked in inpatient. So some of the more severe sort of psychological, psychiatric disorders, schizophrenia, et cetera as well as with veterans, which is what I do now, working with military veterans. But I've been, you know, kind of uh, interested in, you know, developing my expertise in queer mental health for pretty much my entire career. And so I think this could be a really cool way to, to utilize that knowledge. And also, I just enjoy helping people. I enjoy having fun with it. And so my hope will be that this will be, this podcast will be a really fun kind of outlet, one, just for entertainment purposes, but two, that it could offer some genuine help to some people that maybe otherwise wouldn't have access to uh, someone with the same level of expertise that I have. All right, so should we get into our very first letter? I'm feeling like kind of nervous. It's like our inaugural, inaugural, am I saying that right? Inaugur inaugural letter for the show. Okay, anyway, let's get on here with our very first letter from Twenteen in Melbourne. Hi, Grizz. First of all, just want to say I'm so hyped for this because I haven't been able to tune into your live streams due to time zone differences in my work schedule. I just catch up on your VODs and miss chatting with you. Love your content and I'm glad you're creating more of it. It's giving benevolent goddess vibes. <laughs> anyway, here's my question for your podcast. Thank you for the kind words, friend. I really appreciate that. Anyway, here's my question for your podcast. What's your take on the idea that queer folks tend to live their teens in their 20s? I spent my teens in the closet, but I never gave the thought much stock until recently, maybe because 30 is around the corner. I've just learned that I like wearing crop tops. I got that piercing I really wanted. I'm more comfortable in social situations now, etc. I know these could be just me growing as a person, but it does feel like baseline healthy teenager things, the things I couldn't discover about myself while hiding in the closet. Does hiding our true self sort of incubate that part of us, or am I just slapping a cute sticker on my early onset midlife crisis? Twin teen in Melbourne. You know, I'm really glad that you actually asked this question because I have a lot of thoughts about it. And I, I talk about this a lot with a couple of friends. Um, I do really tend to think that for a lot of queer folks that we do kind of live our, uh, our teenage, some of our teenage discovery and stuff like that in our 20s. And I think there's, you know, some pretty, pretty clear reasons for that, right? Um, I, th I think about this a lot <clears throat> in terms of like romantic relationships because I feel like, you know, in your teen years, you know, for a lot of like hetero, cis hetero folks, you know, that they get to, you know, sort of have all these sort of dating experiences while they're in high school, while, where there's still like a safety net around them generally of like family and things like that. Because let's be honest, I think for a lot of us, now not all of us, but for a lot of us, our first few relationships are pretty terrible, right? Like our decision making isn't very good because of our age, our you know, romantic partner at the time, more than likely is probably around the same age and probably also has pretty, pretty terrible decision-making skills. We don't really know what we want yet because it's our first, you know, a couple of relationships. And so we don't, that's kind of how I think a lot of us figure out what we, what we sort of like, what we desire in relationships is by having them. I think we sort of learn that through experience. And so I think a lot of people get to have those kind of awful, a lot of straight people anyway, get to have a lot of those kind of awful, you know, like terrible relationships. And kind of get those out of the way while they have a safety net around them. And then, you know, they sort of, you know, move on into their 20s, et cetera, um, kind of knowing at that point what they're kind of looking for, for the most part, what kind of 
um, relationships maybe suit them the best and what they would like in a romantic partner. Now, I think for a lot of us queer folks, because a lot of us had to stay in the closet and hide ourselves, our attractions, our relationships, we didn't really get to have that, you know, that, that same kind of exploratory kind of romantic relational phase um, that I think a lot of uh, hetero cis folks get to have. So I, I do, I do kind of think a lot of us live that in our twenties and I'm not necessarily like citing some kind of specific like study or something that backs that up. It's pretty anecdotal, uh, mostly because for me, I had a lot, my first like four or five relationships were just, were just awful, just terrible. And I, at 32 now, I look back and I just think like, what the fuck were you thinking, dude? Like, what, what are you doing giving these types of men your attention, your time, your energy? And it's because I had no idea what I was doing. I was, you know, I was 21, 22 years old, but I had never been in a relationship with a guy, you know, not a serious one. I didn't know how to, how to navigate like the sexual aspects of our relationship, you know, when it comes to you know, kinks or polyamory or, you know, all of these, there's, there's so much depth to relationships that I think a lot of us sort of learn organically while we're in them. And so I just think for a lot of us queer folks, that learning happens a little bit later in life, unfortunately. But I do feel like, I, and again, this is sort of anecdotal, but it certainly seems like um, we see people younger and younger of age coming out, you know, with more supportive parents and social support systems around them. You know, you see like these different articles about, you know, queer people um, being like homecoming um, kings and queens or, you know, winning awards in high schools or, or being the firsts to be, you know, the first out gay athletes in their sport. Um, and so my hope is that there's progress there, right? And so that the, the future kind of queer generations can explore explore relationships and what relationships mean to them at an earlier age that hopefully will like save them some grief in adulthood. But thank you so much for that question, friend. I really, really appreciate it. And, you know, I, I know that you asked, you know, does hiding our, our true self sort of incubate that part of us? I'd never really thought of thought of it that way in terms of like incubation. Um, but you may have a, that's a good word for it. Maybe I, I, I like that idea a lot. All right. So moving on to our next letter. Um, now you signed this as, as hateful and I don't know if you wanted me to call you that or not, but that was, that was, it seemed like how you signed off on the letter. So, uh, I'll call, I'll call you hateful just a couple of times, but it's because you signed off. I'm not actually calling you that anyway. Here's the, here's the next letter. I've been talking to a guy on the apps for a little while now. We met up once and saw a movie. I feel like he's much more attracted to me than I am to him. I thought that I was doing a good thing by continuing to engage with him in the sense that I wanted to do something nice for a younger person like I wish someone had done for me. But if I'm not physically attracted to him and our energies don't really resonate, am I just leading him on or doing him a disservice in the long run? That was my specific question, but I'd love it if you could elaborate further on the topic of attractive inequality and offer some general guidelines on how to behave with someone that you like more than they like you or the other way around. All right, Hateful, thank you so much for your letter. Let's, uh, well, let's just dive right in, I guess. So you were talking to this guy on the apps for a little while. You met up once, saw a movie, um, and you mentioned here that you feel like he is much more attracted to you than you are to him. and. Naturally, I think that makes me wonder, like, what gave you that impression? And I'm, I'm guessing it's probably some kind of like interpersonal kind of nonverbal stuff, maybe like while you guys were together, like if he 
maybe was like, you know, reaching over, touching your arm more, or just kind of giving off that, that sort of more romantically interested vibe, um, more than what you felt it, it sounds like in return. And I can certainly understand kind of what you're getting at when you say that, you know, you were feeling like you were just trying to do something nice, kind of something that you wish someone had done for you, maybe when you were at that age. So I kind of pick up on them. Maybe this person was a little bit, a little bit younger, you know, than yourself, I would guess. And your main question about being, you know, uh, you know, I'm not really physically attracted to him. Our energies don't really resonate well. Am I just leading him on? I think that really comes down to what the context of y'all's relationship, not relationship, what your communication has been so far. And so, you know, if you feel like the conversation between the two of you has definitely been sort of leading to a more romantic place or you've kind of indicated or at least told him that you are romantically interested in him in some way or even just physically interested in him. It really kind of depends, I think, on what the nature of the of the dialogues and stuff have been between the two of you. Um, And I think the best way for you to make sure that you are not leading him on in that way um, is to be very clear about what you see, you know, in in y'all's friendship, what you would like that to be. It's, it's, It's setting those kind of healthy boundaries. And so I think it's it's perfectly okay to say, you know, hey what do you kind of think of our, of our friendship? You know, maybe, maybe you bring up that, that particular topic, if this is something that you're, um, that you're finding yourself worrying about. On the other hand, you know, like when he sort of romantically like forward with you, he's sexual forward with you, like maybe he sends you like some like nudes or something like that. Um, like how are you responding to that? Because, you know, boundaries are obviously very important, but boundaries also have to be set and maintained over time. And so often um, we don't necessarily have people respect boundaries the first time we we lay them down. Now that being said, that doesn't mean that we should, you know, maintain relationships either with people that constantly push our boundaries or constantly require us to to maintain them. Um hopefully, you know, the best kind of friends would be ones that would respect a boundary the very first time you set it. But let's be honest. Like we all we've all interacted with men before, so I think we all know that's that's probably not going to happen. Um so my advice to you genuinely is to just be open, you know, about kind of like what you see your y'all's friendship being, if any friendship at all. Um, and I think making sure that you're clear about what your intentions and expectations are, you know, out of, out of y'all's relationship. And if those don't line up with his, then that's unfortunate. And maybe that's just, you know, you guys just didn't click and that's not really anyone's fault. It's just, that's just life. And at the very least, there really can't be any sort of implication that you were leading on this person. If you're clear about the fact that you're not looking for a romantic kind of relationship with him. Um, and at the very least, that way, you know that he is aware of that information. You've been honest about that. You've been clear with him about that. And that hopefully, you know, y'all's friendship can move on. You know, and in the spirit of, you know, wanting to do something good um, for someone, you know, maybe perhaps a little earlier on in their uh, queer journey than you, um, this could be a really cool way. To, because honestly, when I think back to, to myself uh, as a really young gay, I feel like my sense of boundaries, I, I feel like I didn't really know what those were. Like, I, I didn't really know how to set them. I didn't really know what they looked like. And a lot of those first relationships I've had with men somewhat older than me, they also you know, didn't know um, really anything about boundaries or just chose to kind of ignore them. Um, and so I think this could be, you know, for this for this other person also like a very good um a very good experience, maybe like for the first time of someone setting some boundaries. And really the last thing I want to mention is that, um, 
again, like I, I think your intentions are from like a really good place, right? Like you're obviously wanting to show this person the same kind of care and respect that, you know, you kind of, it sounds like wish that someone would have shown you at the same time. I would really just kind of be self-aware about not pitying this person um, because I don't know if that's really what this person was necessarily asking for. And so I definitely, definitely would say to not, you know, sort of continue to, to hang out or, or, or interact with this person solely because you feel bad for them in some way. Um, Because I don't think that that's, as I'm sure, you know, is not actual friendship. Right. Um, and that doesn't that doesn't serve a good purpose for either one of you, really, at, at the heart of it. Um, and so, you know, my advice truly is just to be open and, and honest about, you know, kind of how you're feeling with things. And if those things don't line up with his, that's totally OK. That's no one's fault. Um, but at the very least, that communication probably should happen just to make sure, like you said, that no one's being let on and, and that sort of thing. And honestly, the fact that you're asking this question shows me that like, you're probably pretty self-aware, you know, of that this could really come off as, as leading someone on potentially, and it could progress to that point. So I think the fact that you are self-aware about that and thinking about that is, is really good evidence that, that it's not going to become something like that. Um, but thank you again, you know, for, for writing in, I really appreciate it. And like I said, feel free to send a follow-up if you would like to, obviously, I have to make some assumptions and things like that. I could definitely be wrong. Um, but again, feel free uh, to reach out again. Hateful. I really appreciate it. So there you go. There's a, there's a, a small taste, if you will, of the, <laughs> of the wild fruits podcast. Um, my hope is to do, you know, a show, uh, probably every week, if not every other week, um, at the latest. Um, but again, I need, I need letters to actually respond to. So please feel free to shoot me an email. I think I've said my email like seven times in here, but in case you missed it or fast forwarding to this part, um, my email is wildfruitspodcast at gmail.com. So please feel free to shoot me an email over there. Uh, but thank you guys again for, for listening, um, for this very first episode of the wild fruits podcast. Like I said, my name is Dr. Grizzly. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Grizzly. That's D R G R Z L Y. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash grizzly, G-R-Z-L-Y, on Tuesday and Thursday nights starting at 730 Central. Thanks so much. Take care.